Hey, hey, it's G Money, Growing Off the Grid. Episode number nine from season one. This topic, stimulation. Thanks to Bob Marway, three little birds to start us off for this one. Spend 20 minutes with your time with me, folks. You'll be inspired to be a better person. Okay, so last week was a uh, pretty important week for us. Um, Sandra and I, the Human Connection, Ganja Grid, we're still moving towards uh, a full launch um, campaign that hopefully will be happening here uh, fairly shortly. And uh, we're targeting, of course, 420 as, as one of those launch points. Um, so we've got a lot of, a lot of pieces of the puzzle going on, a lot of, a lot of balls in the air, a lot of juggling. Uh, making a few sales and uh, things are starting to move. Uh, what else happened last week? Um, not not much to be honest with you. Just um, you know, kept at it, kept hard at it, kept uh, to the grindstone, kept making some content for uh, for the for the YouTube channel. Uh, we're putting all of the instructional videos and demos and configuration type of. Uh, content onto YouTube and that is simply for when somebody purchases our product they can go ahead and take a picture of the uh, QR code that we put in the box and that will take them to all the videos that that show them uh, the, the different ways that you can use the ganja grid because I swear to God every other day uh, I'm thinking of a new application that we can use. And so one of the ones that I thought of just last week was the Solo Cup Challenge. Uh, Solo Cup Challenge, for those of you who don't know, um, there's, a, there's a challenge out there in, in the cannabis world where they try to grow as big of a plant as they can in a 16-ounce plastic Solo Cup. You know, so those red Solo Cups that you, you used to use for uh, at keg parties and so forth. And lo and behold... I tried um, to stick some of the solo cups into our ganja grid, and guess what? They fit just fucking perfectly. So, so yeah, I've got another uh, another rep another tool for the repertoire. Another piece of the uh, of the the toolbox has now been uh, filled, and we'll continue to do that. So, so now I've got the germination. Then we've got the jiffy pellets. Then we've got the solo cups. And then once they get to a certain age, you can take them off of the grid, move them underneath, uh, and, and therefore use it as a canopy management tool. Um, so yeah, lots of things are going on. Very excited, very happy to do these things. It's, it's really, really exciting for us. So, so this, this episode, um, last episode we talked about was, was the beginning, in the beginning. And now after looking back at it, I probably should have named it um, uh, Structure, because uh, after I got done with it, and yes, it was the beginning, um, but I, I decided to split these uh, episode 8, 9, 10, 11 into the four components of, of our product, which is, um, you know, number one is stimulate, number two is structure, uh, then you have environment and you have experience. So there's four pieces. Um, Four of the main pillars for Ganja Grid that, that go together to make what it's all about. And so the last, uh, again, the last episode number eight was, was called in the beginning, but I talked mostly about the structure and about the mechanical engineering side of, of me coming up with, uh, with the idea and so forth. And 
So this next one that we're going to be, the one that we're talking about today, this week, uh, for episode number nine, is stimuli. So stimulation, stimuli. Uh, I figured this would be a good, uh, a good, a good uh, se- segue into me talking about how music and vibration uh, stimulated me in a way that turned me into the man that I am today, the 50-year-old cancer survivor, ex-corporate entrepreneur that has entered the cannabis space with a revolutionary new product. And it all comes from the vibration, right? So, so I'm going to take you back. And, and so back when I was probably, uh, my, one of my earliest times of remembering music um, in my household, my parents uh, had one of those uh, Zenith um, stereos and it was you know, a big cabinet stereo and they, they had AM, FM, but they had records and they played a lot of records. And a couple of the, the pieces that I really remember um, is uh, uh, 16 Tons, 16 Tons by Tennessee Williams. Check it out, folks. Um, was, was one of my earliest memories of music. And that song is not really a real musical song. It's just a lot of words. Tennessee Williams, um, 16 tons, what do you get, right? So it's a lot of talking, but it still resonated with me. I like using the word resonate. And then another piece of my childhood that, that kind of um, turned me into who I was going to be um, was, was a lot of the Christmas carols. My mom and dad had all the Firestone classic LPs. And uh, so they listened to a lot of them. And then um, that didn't really steer me towards any genre, um, neither did Tennessee Williams, but they at least got me interested into what music can do for you. Um, and then also we had some, some storyline LPs like Secret Squirrel and Morocco Mole. I uh, used to love those two guys. I would listen to that LP over and over again. It was just really fun to, uh, to be a part of that and to, and to uh, listen to them. And my parents turned me on to that. You know, yeah, Secret Squirrel and Morocco Mole. Um, and then I, you know, so I had some music uh, around me. Uh, my brother was really into the saxophone and, and jazz type of music. Um, but I think what really turned me on to what vibration and resonance actually is was my dad was six foot eleven, and he was a really big man, right? Six foot eleven was pretty big, and he was a center in uh, the ABA, but also in college basketball. And the ABA was the American Basketball Association, which uh, merged with the NBA in the 60s. In any case, my dad was a a massive man, uh, played great center, was just great. And he took us to a few basketball games as a child. And and a couple of them, you know, I went to the Harlem Globetrotters, all those types of things. But one game in particular, I don't remember who the the opponent was, but it was the New Jersey Nets. So it was in the Meadowlands. It was shortly after the Meadowlands was built. So it must have been uh, mid-70s maybe. It definitely was in the 70s, and, and I'm pretty sure it was in the Meadowlands. In, in any case, uh, I remember going to a Nets game, and the aura of all of the uh, the fans was mesmerizing to me. I was, I was just shocked at how these this huge number of people could all be uh, tuned in to one thing and and they're all like watching it and, and, and all of this stuff and 
So one of the one of the, the biggest pieces for me from that game is I I think is Daryl Dawkins. Yeah, that was his name. Daryl Dawkins, I think was was who it was. Um, power forward, big guy. Um, but I remember he scored a three pointer. Maybe it wasn't a three pointer. Maybe it was a three point play. You know, went down there, scored the dunk, and then got the foul. And then, but then after after that. Um, I remember the whole crowd going absolutely bonkers um, and making all this noise. And not only making noise, but they were all, you know, slapping the back of the chairs. And by them all doing that at the same time, it, it created a buzz, right? I love using the word buzz, resonate, vibrate, because it's all about uh, things that are moving and shaking. And... So the whole fan base made the whole stadium, the whole, not stand, the whole arena shake. And me, as a young child, uh, that moved me. And I was like, geez, you know, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how people can make something move like this. And so I think that was the first time that I sort of started to feel the whole vibration thing. Um, and, and around that time, I started getting some music of my own. So one of my first albums was, was <laughs> The Village People, and that was purely from Macho Man and, and YMCA. Yes, I had a Village People album. And uh, there were a couple of other albums that were big for me. I was into surfboards, even though I was a real skater. But I was So the Beach Boys, um, you know, I had, I had the album Endless Summer. And one of the best songs on there was Good Vibrations, right? I mean, I'm just pointing them out to you. Uh, I had Super Tramp, uh, Breakfast in America was another early one for me. Uh, Billy Joel, Glass Houses. Uh, the one that I still have to this day I bought in 1980 was Pink Floyd, The Wall. And I bought that after uh, hearing Another Brick in the Wall be on the top 40 for so many weeks. And, you know, I was 10 years old. I was 10. So I missed all the, the, the heyday big rock and roll bands, but I got into it from that Pink Floyd thing. And so that started me off down the rock and roll path. Um, and from, from there, I went to Led Zeppelin, all the classics, Aerosmith, Steppenwolf, um, you know, the Eagles, all of the, the, the heavy arena rock type folks, the Yardbirds, I love the Yardbirds. Wasn't really a Beatles fan too much, but I think Led Zeppelin was my number one guy. And, you know, watching John Bonham hit the drums and create that, uh, that, that aura that he had just kind of blew it off over the edge for me. So, yeah, rock and roll was big to me, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all those things. I, I started my concert career in 1985 going to see U2, uh, The Joshua Tree, I think is what it was. I, I think that's the one not really sure. Maybe an A6 or 7. Regardless, Daryl Hall and John Owens, another big one for me. Anyways, I went to a lot of concerts when I was younger. And, and again, um, the, the buzz and the vibrations and the resonance that you feel from being at a concert just blew me away. It, it, it really struck a chord, pun intended, uh, with me. And I expanded my music library to include everything, basically except one, one genre. I'm not, I'm not a real country person, but anything else I'll listen to. So I love the reggae especially, anything with a deep bass. And, and right, you can, you can see where I'm going with this, right? The, the deep bass, the rock and roll, the, 
vibration is necessary for for this world being where it is today if there was not vibration if electrons and protons um, didn't vibrate and didn't become excited at different temperatures or with different stimuli then we may not be here right the, you know the stars need to, to align to get the right vibe and all these other things in order to get those early organisms to continue to evolve into what we are today but the one constant that is 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 an absolute necessity um, and an element of everything that you are looking at, that you are listening to, that you are feeling, smelling, everything, there's a piece of vibration to it. So I, it, vibration makes a person feel really good. Whether that be music, or if you want to think of the sexual stimuli and it be a vibrator, um, you know, vibration now to a human is is really enjoyable and for the most part. I mean, you can pick and choose what you want. Some people may want to feel vibration and people do. I, I'm a real energetic guy. I love going to concerts. I love feeling the buzz of being the vibe around everybody and, and feeling that inside of your heart and your soul. And again, this is this, one of those pieces of like anecdotal data that I talked about earlier. You can't, sometimes you can't put a data point on it, but you know it's there. And so the vibe that you feel, you can't see the vibe when it's normal. Like right now I'm talking to you, my voice is uh, projecting some vibrations into this microphone and then this microphone is making it into electrical impulses. And then you're gonna play it later and it's gonna go the opposite way. And you can't, you can't see it, right? You can't see these vibrations, but you know they're there because you can hear them, right? So looking at all of the pieces that, that brought me to where I needed to be at that point in uh, December of 2018, when I actually saw the, the stimuli of my, my heartbeat onto water, that's, you know, it was just a culmination of all of those little pieces that I picked up during my life. And, and you all folks can do the same fucking thing. You know, you just, you just need to know that while you're going through life, all of those experiences that you have are building you. They're building a better you. And if you can channel that energy that builds a better you into building a better world, I mean, come on folks, unless you're just so narcissistic or so selfish, why wouldn't you do that? So, so yeah, vibration stimuli. So if animals and mammals and, and um, you know, humans can, can get the vibe and feel it and change the way that they uh, are happy, you know, like if you, can be, if you become happy when you hear certain music or you hear a certain song, it makes you happy. When you're using that sexual stimuli, and it's a vibrator and it makes you happy and you have that orgasm. So why can't plants do the same, right? Now we know that there's sessile organisms and there's only a few of them out there that, that have the, the triggers that can cause uh, something to happen like that real quick, you know, Venus flytrap and some other type of carnivorous plants. 
But who's to say over the life of a plant, you giving them some stimuli via vibration that they don't feel good in a different way. And so in the near future, you'll be hearing me talk about uh, some, some, a study that was accepted, um, that was written over in Europe by a friend of mine, Ratish Gosh, and it's called Thigmo Priming via Mechanostimulation. And, and basically what it states in a nutshell, I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but Thigmo Priming, touch priming. Well, what does priming mean? Priming means you're preparing something, right? So Thigmo Priming means if you can uh, touch a plant and get it to uh, alter its growth, that you could potentially prime that plant to propagate and then the next generation will also um, be improved from the original stimuli that you gave to that plant. So you may not need to stimuli, stimulate it again, you know, the next generation. So it remembers, it remembers the stimulus that you gave it to begin with. So you, you guys are going to be just uh, dumbfounded by this, by this study. And Unfortunately, Ratish kind of and I got hooked up a little bit after I had already developed a ganja grid because, or the plant vibration trainer, if you want to call it that. I mean, because this will work for a lot of different plants. But the the paper itself, if if I had gotten my hooks into him just a little bit earlier, he could have referenced me and even had some of my diagrams in the diagrams that he has in there, because he has diagrams of how to mechano stimulate your plants and he doesn't have my device in there he's got everything else but he does not have a uh, a device a means to stimulate plants with touch via vibration like the ganja grid plant vibration trainer does so you'll be seeing that very shortly just know that vibration is a necessity for life on this planet and you know it will continue to be that way and my device is going to help stir this help uh, spur on a plethora of new research and development into how to improve plant growth currently using vibration but also for future generations. And if, if all goes the way that my brain wants to go, this is going to, again, help with your health of the plant for releasing hormones, for growing shorter, fatter plants, for deterring pests, and potentially some other changes, you know, like more fruits and, and other, other things. Um, now, again, the missing piece to all, to all of this is what hertz frequency wavelength are going to make certain plants do X and other plants do Y. Uh, so think about uh, sound, vibration, uh, language for humans. There is just so much out there 
uh, how are we going to um, document and catalog all of these different sound profiles for plants to know which ones are working the best. And so that's, that's a monumental task. And we're, we at the Human Connection and our team, we are trying to come up with ways that we can uh, engage our customers and have them be a part of motherfucking history. And let them be the ones that fill the cup with the sound profiles that, that are helping them that could potentially help others. So maybe like a crowdsourcing type of, of way um, would potentially be a means for us to gather that data and, and help us all, help everybody, help the planet grow plants without needs for pesticides and chemicals and be more organic. And uh, the, the benefits are just, uh, are, are astronomical and I want you all to be a part of it. So thanks for joining me on this episode uh, for stimulation growing off the grid. Uh, I want you to make sure that you uh, subscribe to my future podcast. I want you to like all of my videos, share my videos, uh, go to LinkedIn, check me out there, uh, type in hashtag, uh, type in hashtag buzzlog in your browser and see what comes up. That's right, it's me. I'm all over the place and I'm only just getting started. Now, yes, three years ago, um, yesterday, I coughed up blood and typically that means you're on your last leg, but I fucking beat it. And here I am and I'm going to keep going. So again, thanks for joining me. Keep, keep driving, folks. Keep driving to make it a better place and, and keep jumping on the G-Money train, all right? And let's make it a better world than when we got here. That's the goal. I want to make it a better planet for my kids. I'm doing it and you all are helping me. So thanks very much. We'll see some of my content during the week on Instagram, LinkedIn, all those other places. And we'll catch you next time for episode number 10, which will be about environment and how the Ganja Grid Plant Vibration Trainer can help with environment. All right, folks. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time on Growing Off the Grid. G-Money, over and out.